But we have been in a series called The Choice to Rejoice. This is part five, I believe. Let's look at um, Philippians 4.4. 4. Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. In the Amplified Classic, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, gladden yourselves in Him. Again, I say, rejoice. Now, we went over this some. You know, if you didn't hear the messages, they're on the website. The series are on the website. You can go back and listen to them. But to rejoice means to feel or express joy, great delight, or triumph. To feel or express joy, great delight, or triumph. You know, some antonyms of rejoice are bemoan, bewail, grieve, lament, regret, weep. Things that are sad, things that are down, things that are depressed. That's the opposite of rejoicing. Those things are the opposite of what we're talking about here. When Paul says rejoice in the Lord always, he's saying to express joy, great delight, triumph, always. Now, you don't have to be a clown about it. You don't have to be, you know, out of character about it. There is no right way to do it. In other words, you don't have to be somebody else. You don't have to put on a show. But you can rejoice. You can express joy. You know, some people are quieter than others. Well, you don't have to become somebody else. You don't have to put on a show. You don't have to be fake. But uh, you can still rejoice. You can still yield to it. It's not an excuse, in other words, say, well, you know, I know my face. I know I look really sad. But, you know, I'm really happy on the inside. That's not true. Whatever is on the inside is going to show on the outside. Now, it may, different people show it different ways. Some people, man, when they smile, like my wife's this way, when she smiles, her whole body smiles. You know, like she has a mask on, you can still tell she's smiling. Sometimes when I have a mask on and I'll give a little smirk or something, you know, it's lost. You know, people don't know I'm, they look, think I'm just looking at them. And actually, I got, I, I got their joke, but they didn't think, they, they thought I'd just staring at them and didn't get it at all. But... That, you know, if, if my wife um, thinks, thinks something's funny, you know it. it it's, it's over her whole face. So there's different personalities. But if you look always just completely, if you look like this, I don't care what kind of personality you are, you look down. Well, I'm, I'm really, I'm rejoicing on the inside. That's not true. There's something on the inside, uh, whatever's on the inside, it's going to come out. And so we need to, to yield to what we have on the inside. And uh, we have, if we're born again, we have the Spirit of God on the inside. We need to yield to that. But let's look at 1 Peter 1, verse 6. 1 Peter 1, verse 6. In this, you, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. 
There's several things I want to touch on here, and we're going to go further. But let's look back at verse 6. It says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, notice that, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, having, whom having not seen you love. Though, you now do, though now you do not see him yet believing. Notice that. You rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Though now you do not see him yet believing. Well, what's believing? It's having faith. To have faith, if you have faith, you're believing something. You rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Uh, 1 Peter 1, verse 8 in the CEB version. It says, although you've never seen him, you love him. Even though you don't see him now, you trust him and so rejoice with a glorious joy that is too much for, jo for words. Notice that. Even though you don't see him now, talking about Jesus, talking about the Lord, you trust him. Well, what's trust? That's faith. You trust him and so rejoice with a glorious joy that is too much for words. In the Passion Translation, same verse, it says, You love him passionately, although you did not see him, but through believing in him, you are saturated with an ecstatic joy. Notice that. Through believing in him, you are saturated with an ecstatic joy, indescribably sublime and immersed in glory. So saying, you don't see the Lord, but you believe something, and so you rejoice. You don't see him, but you trust him, and so there's joy. And this last one says, through believing him, then it says you're saturated with joy. It's through believing him. Notice, there's something that goes with believing or having faith, or trust, and that's joy. Joy will be there when faith is there. Let's look at Romans 15, 13. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now may the God of hope, that's expectation, we've talked about, we'll see this a little bit more, but that's expectation. Hope in the Bible means expectation. It means you're expecting something. It doesn't mean wish. It doesn't mean, oh, like we say, when we say I hope so, we, we typically mean I wish it were true, I want it to be true, but you usually don't mean, I expect it to happen. The Bible, when you see hope, it means I expect something to happen. 
It doesn't mean you wish it would happen. It means you expect it to happen. It says, now may the God of hope, the God of expectation, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That you may abound in hope or expectation by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the NLT, that same verse says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Notice that. See, you trust in Him, so something is following. Joy, rejoicing, accompanies faith. Will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope, confident expectation, through the power of the Holy Spirit. So you believe something, so you expect something, and you're joyful about it. Romans 15, 13, same verse in the Amplified, says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in His promises. I'm going to read that again. But I want you to notice it flowing into that last part. You will overflow with confidence in His promises. Well, if you're confident in God's promises, what is that? That's faith. If you're confident He's going to do what he said he's going to do. If you're confident and expecting for his word to be performed, then you're in faith, and the word is saying something else is there when you're in faith. Joy. If you're truly expecting what he said in his word to happen, then you're joyful. And you wouldn't be the opposite of what, the word, of what joyful is. You wouldn't be sad or in grief. If you really believe what he said is going to happen, is going to happen, then you're not sad about it. When you're sad, you're not believing. When you're sad, we're not in faith. Because if we're in faith, joy is there. Why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it be there? If you believe that what God said is going to happen and you're expecting it and that's there, then you're happy about it. If you're like, yeah, God will come through, woe is me. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. But how many times? Well, I'm believing God, but I'm sad. If, if, that, if those two don't go together, people say, yeah, I'm believing God, but oh, it's a struggle. I'm not mocking anything. We can go through hard stuff, but the Bible doesn't say, even though you go through some stuff, that you should get sad about it. Doesn't mean we get happy about the situation. I mean, you don't got to be like, well, yeah, I'm really glad this happened to me. No, you're, you can be joyful in spite of it because you know something else. You know God, and God is still on the throne, and His word's true, and His promises are coming to pass in our life, and we're hooked up with that, so it may look like this right now, but it's going to change, and so there's joy there, if we'll yield to it. You don't have to yield to it. You know, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's there, but you have to yield to it 
for it to be manifest in your life. You can have it down, you know, it's in your heart, it's in your spirit. Same thing with love. I mean, you can, every Christian has the love of God poured out in their hearts, Romans 5 says. But you don't have to yield to it. You can be a complete jerk and be a Christian the whole time. You're just yielding to the wrong thing. You have the love of God there, it's just caged up. And you're yielding to something else. You're listening to something else, you know, some other words. The enemy's feeding you. You, you know, your flesh is just going out. And all the time, the love of God's there. Well, joy's there. It's a fruit of the Spirit. But it's also a byproduct of faith. If you believe, see, some people say, going back to love, well, I just can't love that person. I just don't have any love for them. Uh, if, you, if you know what the Bible says, then you know the love of God is poured out in your heart, and you do have love on the inside of you. But, some, but how are you going to uh, let it, what, how are you going to attach to that? You're going to have to believe something, because sometimes you don't feel like loving. If you're going by your feelings, you want to slap somebody hard. <laughs> sometimes. And you are walking in love the strongest when you want to slap somebody and you just say, God bless you, I'm praying for you. I love you, brother. I love you, sister. That is love. That's, you, are love you are being spiritual at that point. You are yielding to something your feelings don't feel like it at all. You know, you may feel like you have a right to knock them out and you say, nope, but the love of God is on the inside of me and I choose to let God flow through me. You are a spiritual person at that point. You know what a baby, you know what a carnal person what you, uh, you, that, that's ruled by their flesh does? Knocks them out. <laughs> but if you know that, wait a minute, God is here, God is on the inside, and I'm going to yield to love right now. That's a spiritual person and you are doing that by faith. And you, you may have to walk in love by faith. Faith is a, uh, love is a decision. It is not a nooey-gooey feeling. You don't fall in and out of love. People today is like, well, I just don't love you anymore. No, you chose, you're choosing not to walk in love anymore. Well, it's the same thing with joy. Well, I just don't feel like it. Well, if you believe something, if you believe God's word's true, if you believe he is a God that cannot fail and that his word is true to you, and that uh, what he said will come to pass in your life, you have an expectation, your joy is there, now you still have to yield to it. You say, I'm going to yield to joy. Praise God, we're going over. Joy, not talking about, you know, being just happy, you know, just emotion. We're talking about the force of joy, a spiritual force, it's there. Now let's read this verse again in this translation. May the God of hope, Fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Fill you with all joy and peace. Focusing on joy right now, but look at, we talked about peace and joy and how intertwined they are with contentment a few, uh, I think it was last time we were on this series. Uh, you can go back and listen to that. But it says, fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound in hope, abound in expectation, and overflow with confidence in His promises. You're full of joy, you're full of faith, and you're going on. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Let's look at Hebrews 11, verse 1. If you are 
believing, then you are going to have joy. If you're going by sight, then you may be up and down all the time. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We've taught in depth on this before. We're not going to do that tonight, but we're just going to touch on it. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That, that literally means uh, the substance of things hoped for. That's the, the, what stands under, like the foundation of things hoped for. Well, hope is expectation. So this is saying faith is the, is, is the foundation of things hoped for, of what you expect. It's the evidence of things not seen. So faith is there. It's the evidence of things you don't see. You don't see it, but you believe something. You believe what God's Word says, so you expect something. And if you believe something and you expect something, then joy is going to be there. You're expecting something, but it's not because of what you see. It's because of what you believe. And joy will be there. We have to yield to it, but it's there. In the... Um, I think this is this the Amplified, the next one. I didn't put the Amplified Classic. Good job, Eric. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. So faith is the reason, in other words, of the things we hope for, the things we expect, being proof of the things we do not see and conviction of their reality. Notice that. Faith is the reason we're convinced that what we're believing is real. It's not what we see. Well, so that's why you could have joy, even though if you looked in the natural, you want to cry. If you want to look in the natural, you want to just go in your bed, pull all the shades, close the blinds, whatever, turn off all the lights, and just curl up into bed, pull the sheets over your head, and cry if you're going by what you see. But faith is operating on something we believe. Faith is believing. So we're seeing past. We're seeing past our physical eyes. We're seeing with our heart, believing with our heart, and we're grabbing a hold of something that we can't see and expecting and believing something that isn't evident in the natural realm. Let's start from the beginning and read, read to the end of this verse. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, the things we expect, being proof of the things we do not see and the conviction of the reality. You're convicted about something. You're con you have a conviction. This is happening. Somebody said, how? Well, God said so. Well, what are you going by? You, what doesn't look like it? That's not what I'm going by. Somebody can say, well, why, why are you happy? You have this and this going on. Because I believe God. And that's what I'm expecting. That's what's in my future. So I'm happy. You know, think of, if you watch sports, the sports are a little bit different right now. I'm not going to name any particular sport, but let's see your team's down. If you already, if it's, you know, delayed and you already have knowledge of the fact that they're coming back and they're about to make a run, it doesn't bother you if you see that they're down. If you're watching on a replay or on a tape delay or, you know, it was done earlier in the day and you're just catching up, but you already looked at the score and you looked at the box score so you know when stuff happened, if they're about to go on a run and they're down, you're, you're not fretting about it. You're happy. You're cool. Why? Watch this. They're about to go on a run. Right? Well, in life, we, we are walking 
If we're Christians, we're supposed to be walking by faith. So it may look a certain way, but in the end, we got to know we win. It's going to go the way God said. And so I could be in joy right in the midst of circumstances that look like, no, there's no way. Why would I be joyful? Because I believe something, because I expect. So you can have a conviction. It says, uh, things being a proof of things we do not see in the conviction of the reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's not real. God's real. That's what we started out with in 1 Peter, right? Even though you don't see him, yet believing, you're, you rejoice. You rejoice. You're not, God is real whether you see him or not. Whether you feel him or not, he's real. So we can have joy regardless if the circumstances operate is lining up, right? We can believe him and we can have joy. Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in hope or expectation of the glory of God. Even though we haven't seen the Lord, we have access by faith, and so we rejoice. Saying here, we rejoice in expectation, in hope of the glory of God. Uh, Luke 10, verse 18, just another, or let's go to 19, just another example of this. Verse 19, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Jesus talking to the, to the disciples. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. See, he's telling them, don't rejoice in what I just told you, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Well, what's that? That's future. What's that? That's hope. They're rejoicing because of something they haven't experienced yet. They're rejoicing because they believe something and they expect something. He's saying, rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Well, you have to believe something to rejoice over that. It, it doesn't matter if, if you don't believe your name's written in heaven, you're not going to rejoice. You have to believe something. It's expectation. But notice, there's no, Jesus is telling them something they can't see. Right? He's saying rejoice because your names are written in the book of life. Doesn't say here that he showed them the book of life. Doesn't say he pulled it out and said, see? He just told them something. But they're to rejoice. Why? Because they believe something. But rejoicing is going to follow belief. If we believe, truly believe what God said, then we're going to have joy. Now let's look at 1 Samuel 1, and let's look at an example of this. 1 Samuel 1, verse 1. It says, Now there was a certain man in Ramathim, Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, and Ephraimite. Say all that real fast. Verse 2, And he had two wives. The name 
of one was Hannah. That's an easy one. And the name of the other, Panina or Panina. Tomato, tomato, I don't know. Panina had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Peninnah his wife and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he would give a double portion. For he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely, severely, severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. So this man, Elkanah, has two wives, and Hannah has not had children, and his other wife has, and the wife that has, Peninnah, that has had children, he, she provokes Hannah. And this is, goes on annually. So it was, verse 7, so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. So she was sad and she refused to eat. And this happened every year. Verse 8, then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Verse 9, so Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Now, look at the words. She's in bitterness of soul. She's hurting. She wants a child and she doesn't have a child. That's the desire of her heart. But it says she was in bitterness of soul, prayed to the Lord, and wept in anguish. So she's hurting, that she's sad. Verse 11, then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, nor will give your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. So she's praying to God. Verse 12, And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. So she's just mouthing the words to God. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. Because she just looks like she's talking, but she's not making any noise. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. So you can see, get the picture. She's, she's sad, she's grieved, she's bitter that she doesn't have a child. She gets harassed by her husband's other wife all the time. And so she's prayed, and now she's talking to the priest. 
Verse 17 says, Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. Verse 18, And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Now let me ask you a question. Does she have a child right now? Is there any indication in the natural that her circumstance has changed whatsoever? But she has not eaten. Every time this happens, she doesn't eat. She's sad. She refuses to eat. And now she's prayed, and the priest says, God, grant your petition. And so she's, she, it says at the end of verse 18, the woman went her way and ate. So now she's eating. And her face was no longer sad, so she's not sad anymore. So she believes something. Do you see that? There's nothing in the natural that's changed. It's just that she prayed, and the priest said, God grants your petition. Now she believes something, so she gets up and eats, and is not sad anymore. You know, the opposite of rejoicing weeping, grieving, bewailing, bemoaning. She's doing a lot of that, but now something changed. She believes something, and now she's not sad anymore, and she's going to eat, and she goes on. Well, she, she's in faith. You see that? Because she's not seeing a baby. It's not like now she has a baby, the baby's born, and now she's happy. She doesn't have a baby. All she has is a word. But she believes something, and where before she was sad and would not eat, now she's eating, and it says she wasn't sad anymore. So she is letting something else determine her actions. Her belief is making so that she's not sad. Well, she's not sad. She's showing signs of rejoicing and being in joy. The fact that she's sitting down and eating is a difference. It's the opposite of being sad. But why is she doing that? She could have done that before, but she believes something now. How does, why does she believe this year will be any different? She's believing the word that came to her as she prayed and the priest spoke to her. She believes something, but her circumstance hasn't changed. In Habakkuk 3, verse 17, I see another picture of this. It says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no, no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Now, notice this. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk on high hills. Notice, that's saying he's going to do something. That's a belief. That's an expectation. It's saying, yeah, it doesn't look good, but I believe something, and so I'm going to rejoice. Do you see how rejoicing, joy, it's tied to our faith. If we're being sad, 
if we're being down, if we're, and we're not making light of any circumstance. We're not making light of, of what uh, Hannah was going through. It's not making light of the circumstance, but it's what we're believing and how we're going about it. What, what's determining how we act? If we're sad, we have our eyes on the wrong thing, and we're not in faith. Now, that's not to be con- condemning. It can be a locator going, wait a minute. If I'm sad, if I'm depressed, we're not talking about being fake and trying to put on a show. But if we're depressed and sad and we say, why, why am I, you know, but, but I'm believing God, there's a disconnect. And all we need to do is make a choice to wait a minute. I'm going to believe God. God has told me in His Word. Whatever covers our situation, God's word is true. I choose to believe it. It's not that the circumstance has changed. I'm going to believe something, and when I believe it, if I believe it, and I choose to believe it, choose to act like it's true anyway, now something else follows. Everything that God has already provided, we we connect to it. Now that joy that's there, it's not dormant anymore. We yield to it, and we can have joy, and it will flow from the fact that we believe something. Our faith is vital. Our faith is alive. So now we're expecting something different. So where it was desolate before, now we're looking at the same thing. But we're expecting something different and we're joyful. We can have joy. That's exactly what this is saying. In the middle of something not looking good, we can still believe something and from that believing will flow the rejoicing. Let's look at Isaiah, Isaiah 35, verse 1. Similar passage. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. It's saying in in the earlier verses too, that it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. Then it says, tell the people that are, are fearful... Don't be fearful, and there's a reason why. It says, be strong, verse 4, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, saying, wait a minute, don't look at what you see. God is coming, he's going to change it. So you look at that, and that will change the behavior. There is joy. There is strength. We talked about several weeks ago how the joy of, our lo- of the Lord is our strength. Well, joy... If we're weak, we're weak in faith. If we're not believing, if we look at it and say, God, there's no way, that'll just bring you down, that'll bring you down, but there's no faith there. When there's faith, we start choosing to believe, well, it may not look good, but I choose to believe God's word. Now something changes in our countenance. Now something changes in our voice. Something changes in our body, and there's strength there. Strength in your body. Strength in your mind. 
Joy is a spiritual force. And when we start believing God, we're rising up. How we receive from God is faith. And so as we start choosing to believe Him, we joy will start to follow. And with joy is strength. And we can start in the middle of a, a situation like Hannah. She, she, she stood up and started to eat. And she wasn't sad anymore because she tapped into something beyond what she was dealing with before. She tapped into believing God, and she did. The end of the story is she did have a child. That's Samuel, the prophet who anointed kings of Israel. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Another scripture right with that, 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Well, if we believe that, look at that, look at that scripture. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. How, how often? Always leads us in triumph. That means this time. Well, if I believe... God is going to do something, and I believe I'm going to win. Well, something follows from that. I'm already in joy. You know, one of Satan's tactics, one of his favorite refrains is, God's not going to do it this time. How are you going to make it this time? What are you going to do now? Well, sure, this happened, and this happened, and this happened, but there's no way now. But God's Word says... Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. Well, when is there a time that you're going to drop and say, well, it, not this time, it just can't happen. Is that included in always? It's not. So no matter what, if I'll tap in and believe what God said, I can start tapping into, I can have joy. And then this goes with Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. Because I'm going to win always, and I'm going to believe God always. So right now, I can believe Him, and I can stay in joy. As long as I hook up with Him and believe in what He said, then I can be joyful. It flows from, from the heart of faith. Faith is of the heart. Joy is of the heart. And we can be strong. Amen.